You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome into the Locked On Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Lucas Smith. It is Wednesday, August the 26th. Cardinals lose, uh, I guess you could call, call that a heartbreaker last night. Heartbreaker 5-4 was the final. It was, it, I don't want to say frustrating, I think disappointing was more the correct word for last night's game. Uh, but I will get into that all in, in just a moment. I know that there was a question on Twitter um, Posed by Caleb Persinger. Sorry for pronouncing that name wrong, Caleb, about the relay against Paul DeYoung in the eighth. I'm going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about the Cardinals offense in the ninth. Um, but before I do, today's episode is brought to you by Special Olympics Missouri. And right now you can be entered to win a brand new 2020 GMC Canyon 4x4 truck and also help out Special Olympics. You can go to somo.org raffle, click the green button to buy truck tickets generically. 20 bucks gets you five tickets and you get one extra one for being being awesome, you get that free. Five bucks per ticket supports individuals with intellectual disabilities. $10 is the minimum online purchase. And if you're out of Missouri, don't be afraid to enter this contest as well. Don't delay, though, because you can be entered to win two trip prizes to the great cities of Branson and Las Vegas. You get one entry for every 40 bucks purchased for the truck raffle. Again, head to somaorg slash raffle. Click on the green button to buy truck tickets generically. 20 bucks get you five tickets, one free for being awesome, and a chance to win a brand new 2020 GMC Canyon 4x4 truck. All right, so let's get right into it. Uh, Cardinals fall 5-4, to four, like I said last night against Kansas City. I'll talk about their overall offensive performance, talk about Wainwright, talk about all that, as well as preview today's game against Kansas City. But I will start with Caleb's question about the relay in the 8th. Now, if you weren't watching, in the 8th inning, uh, Paul DeYoung gets on after a sharp line drive up the middle, base hit. Love to see it. Um, and then Yadier Molina is able to work a full count. He hits a, a drive to left center field, hits off the wall. Uh, Whit Merrifield relays it to Alberto Mondesi, throws it to the catcher Gallagher to tag uh, DeYoung out. So the question was, um, do you think the card should have held DeYoung at third instead of sending him home for the potential tying run? Or do you think it was the best choice and the Royals had to had just had a really good play? Um, I don't mean to cop out, but I think it's a combination of all those. So just from a baseball perspective, and first of all, just, just to kind of clear things up, Paul DeYoung was running on this play. Schilt had him running, not a hit and run, but three and two, one out, you play a little aggressive. DeYoung was running on this play. Um so as a base runner in this situation, you see the fly ball. You don't want to just keep running because it might have gone out of the park, but it didn't. So Paul DeYoung, I watched the replay of it before I made this recording. Uh, DeYoung did the right thing. He, he slowed up. He stopped at second base. And just to see the ball got down, and then he had to, had to restart. Um, if he had eyes seen the future and could see that that ball was going to get down and not stop, then he scores. No question about it. Um, so he did the right thing on the base running paths by slowing up right around second base to make sure the ball dropped and then restarted his engines and got going. Um, the ball took a great carom, and it was played perfectly by Whit Merrifield. Um, he was a left fielder at the time. 
made a great relay throw right to Alberto Mondesi. Made a great relay throw to Cam Gallagher to get him. Here's my thing. I thought it was a questionable send by Jose Okendo, who I love, for a couple different reasons. Number one, Paul DeYoung is not in... Well, no, no, he for the Cardinals is really in midseason form, per se, uh, conditioning-wise, but he's not in the greatest of shape just because he hasn't had a lot of in-game action because of the COVID layoff, and he had extra layoff because he was one of the cases. So, obviously, you might, get, I mean, might not be thinking of that in the moment, but you might want to think about that before it happens because you know, oh, if I got to send a young, he might not be 100%. But, anyways, also you have one out. With two outs, I think it's no question you send him because the ball went over the outfielder's head and he was pretty much standing on second base when the ball hit the wall. Um, so with two outs, I have no problem with the send whatsoever. You go. With one out, though, you have Dexter Fowler coming up. I mean, I, I would have liked to see Okendo hold DeYoung and, and give Fowler a, a shot with, with, with one out just to hit a fly ball. And then after that, you might have Carlson get a shot, a Fowler can work a walk, whatever it happens. Maybe you do a safety squeeze, suicide squeeze, whatever. You have options there if, if you hold them with one away, and then you have more options. But then it, when you send DeYoung and he gets thrown out, not only do you need a hit, but you probably need a double or at least a, a single that makes the outfielders move a little bit because Yadier Molina is a heck of a lot slower than Paul DeYoung. Um, so by having DeYoung get thrown out there, you need a hit, and it needs to be probably an extra base hit, all things considered. Uh, but that to be said, I'm not trying to put all the limo on Okendo and DeYoung. That was an excellent relay by the Kansas City Royals. That was a perfect relay, textbook definition of what an outfield to infield relay needs to look like. Um, and at that point, you know, you have to give props to Kansas City and you give credit to where credit is due. They made a great play. Hindsight says you hold them. I was hesitant on the send in the moment. It is what it is. Um, Okendo is known to be a little bit aggressive. Uh, I, I would have held them. I would have liked to see the Cardinals hold them and give their bottom of their lineup a chance. Um, but it is what it is. I thought at that moment the game was over, but props to the Cardinal offense for sticking with it in the ninth. I mean, I, against Trevor Rosenthal, a um, little bit of a sentimental thing there with the old Cardinal. Uh, I tweeted out if, if there would have been fans in the stands, he would have gotten uh, a standing O or, or something like that, uh, some sort of recognition. Um, he did a great job for St. Louis uh, in his time as a Cardinal closer. Uh, but nevertheless, Dylan Carlson starts off the inning with a strikeout. Uh, good changeup from Rosenthal. Not expecting that. I wasn't anyways. And then Bader hits a triple into the left center field gap on a two-strike slider. Something you love to see from Harrison Bader. I tweeted out um, that you know this is the Harrison Bader that changes the dynamic of an offense. Um, and if he can keep this up or keep up some resemblance of this, that's a huge boost to the St. Louis Cardinal offense. That said, it does not complete the offense as we saw next. One out triple. I know it's Wilson Law. I know he's got some heat. Change it. you got to keep the back in your mind. But you've got to score that run. At the very minimum, you've got to put the ball in play before there are two outs. Um, Wong, 2-1, takes a hit by pitch. Edmund strikes out on three pitches. Swing, foul, swing. Um Rosenthal pulled the string on him on the third pitch. And then Goldschmidt swings at the first pitch. I'm not mad at him for swinging at the first pitch. Goldie's locked in. I'm going to trust Goldie of whatever he needs to do. But I think that this offense just needs to kind of figure it out as to how they're going to get that tying run home. That is that is a run that you cannot leave standing on third base, especially when it's a one-out triple by Harrison Bader, who, you know, he, he was safe by an eyelash at third. That could have been a very 
a dangerous, deadly mistake if Bader gets thrown out there, but he was safe. So, you know, you can't complain about that. Love the uh, aggressiveness, I suppose, by Bader. But the offense on the whole, not even just that game, uh, or that inning, rather. They were 3-for-11 with runners in scoring position, just under 300. So, you know, you, you figure that's okay. But, but they left eight runners on base. Y- you can't do that against a team like Kansas City. Not that the Kansas City is sneaky good. It's the fact that Kansas City is bad. You, you, you cannot let eight runners left on bases at the end of an inning. I mean, the Cardinals only struck out eight times, which is a good number for them. They walked. They drew six walks. Um, so they did a good job of getting on base. The next step for this Cardinal offense is to be consistent with this and to get on, get them over, and get them in. I feel like they can get them on, they can get them over for the most part, but the getting them in part has just really been a frustrating part for this St. Louis Cardinal offense. Um, So the 8th and ninth inning were key in this game. Cardinals didn't quit. You love to see that out of a ball club. Um, But it's just one of those things that that did not break the Cardinals' way. Um, And in just a moment, I'll break down the rest of this game. I'll talk about Adam Wainwright and... Um, Cardinal pitching staff, as well as preview the rest of the I-70 series. That's coming up in just a moment. All right, so taking a look at the rest of the game yesterday, the 5-4 loss. You know, the offense, they had eight hits. They worked six walks, but the third inning was really their only, was was the only inning that they were able to score. Edmund had a ground rule double. Miller uh, had an RBI single. And DeYoung had an RBI single. Um, they reached second on, on the air as well. Um, but even in the bottom of the third, after DeYoung was able to, to get the uh, RBI hit, then Molina strikes out with runners on second and third. Um, he struck out on four pitches, so they even left runners on in that inning. But in that, I mean, they had eight hits on the day. Um, in that third inning, they were four for seven with two walks. Rest of the game, they were four for 25 with four walks. So, I mean, that, that's the definition of all or nothing in, in a big inning. <laughs> um, in, in one inning, that was all they could muster. And that was killer uh, for St. Louis. They weren't able to do anything other than that one inning, which really, really hurt their chances um, to win, especially against a team like Kansas City that c- can scrap together a run or two, but you have to be able to put more than one good inning against a team like Kansas City at the same time. Uh, I thought the offense performance, so, you know, I've talked about it a lot. I think their performance has been inconsistent, and I think that even within this game, you saw the inconsistencies. Um, But what I do like about that third inning, and really the eighth inning too, with, like I said, mentioned Paul DeYoung on the run, uh, was Mike Schiltz' aggressiveness, managerial style. Um, In the third you had, after Carlson singled to center and Bader walked, Colton Wong worked with 3-2 count. And on that pitch, the runners were running, and Colton Wong hit a ground ball to the shortstop. That saved you a double play because that was tailor-made if you're not running. Let's say, just for um, argument's sake, that Colton Wong beats that play out. You have runners on first and third. Edmund hits a ground rule double. Then only one of the runs scores. So Schilt putting the runners in motion, got him out of a double play. And you, even if you want to say, oh, that was too, too slowly, well, it, it, it gained them a run because both of those runners were able to score on the Edmund ground rule double. So I love what Schilt did in that third inning um, in terms of, of offensively. They just need to find a way to to be better with runners in scoring position. They were 3 for 11 today. So, I mean, you know, just under 300 is, is not bad at all. But the big number for me, like I said, is leaving eight runners on base against a team like Kansas City. Because um, if you leave eight runners on base against teams like Kansas City, what are you going to do against a team like Chicago? You know, you're not going to get that many chances. Uh, 
looking more completely at this game, a couple things that I liked. Uh, Dylan Carlson in the outfield had an uh, outfield assist. Uh, he threw out Merrifield at third and also had uh, threw out McBroom at second. He, was, uh, he threw home to Yachty, and then Yachty threw it to second. Um, things you like to see, Carlson, good defense. I mean, this kid's legit. He, he might not be hitting to the best of his ability right now. He was one for three tonight. His average sticks at 174. His OPS is 501. Um, but he, he still likes to. He still plays defense. Um, he still gets it done in the field, and that's what you like to see. One thing you don't like to see in the field is Tommy Edmonds' error, which kind of led to a couple extra runs being scored. Um, but let's talk about the starting pitching real quick before I, I break down, uh, preview a little bit of tomorrow or tonight's game. Excuse me, Wayne Ryan. I don't, I, I don't think he had his best stuff yesterday. I think he'll tell you that. I haven't uh, seen any post-game comments yet, but I, I don't think he had his best stuff. Just personally speaking. He uh, went seven innings, seven hits, four runs, four earns, two walks, and four strikeouts. Um, that being said, he gutted through seven innings. He kept the Cardinals in the game. Uh, he scattered those four runs, like I said, ac- across seven innings. He's he's the leader of this staff. You can say Flaherty's the best pitcher. You can argue somebody else has better stuff if you want on the staff. Wainwright's the leader. He, he, sets, he sets the tone. He sets the example. Uh, to do this at the age of 38, 39 years old, to go seven innings, uh, he threw uh, 98 pitches. That you know, efficient enough for for me. That, that's a good start for Wainwright. Uh, a gutsy start is the best word I'll use for it. Um, I, I just love what I saw in terms of the grit and the um, tenacity to get through that. And uh, Gant gives up the run in the in the eighth. He look he looks shaky. I mean, his ERA is a buck oh four, so you're not I'm not going to complain too much. And then props to Webb in, in the top of the ninth, to give, giving up a leadoff runner on the little infield hit by Mondesi. He, he was great. Uh, he, he was able to shut the door for that, get a strikeout, not give up another run. Cardinals only walk three tonight. You love to see that. You also love to see them knock out the Dark Knight soon. Uh, they knocked him out in two and two-thirds of an inning. Five hits, four runs, two walks, two Ks. But beyond that, once again, I'll say, I'll say this saying again, cliche of, or whatever, Credit to where credit is due. This Kansas City bullpen was able to shut it down after that. Six and a third, scoreless baseball. Uh, they struck out six. They uh, only walked four. Didn't only gave up three hits. Um, Barlow gave up two. Rosenthal gave up one. The Bader triple. So this Kansas City bullpen was really able to uh, to shut it down. And I had Ryland on the show yesterday. He talked about the bullpen has been uh, kind of a bright spot for them here, uh, the lone bright spot. I mean, you look at the ERAs of these guys. Newberry, 186. Han, 0. Kennedy has a higher A, 72, but Stalmont, who got the win, 0.73, Barlow, 159, and Rosie, 146. So these bullpen guys were able to get it done, and props to them for shutting down the Cardinal offense. Um, they were out hit tonight. St. Louis was 10-8, to eight, so I'm, I, I mean, frustrating isn't really the right word for it because this isn't one of those games that, for me, they had an abundance of chances, only 11 opportunities under the scoring position. Um, it was just disappointing more so. I mean, you, you saw them win game one with Flaherty on the bump against Royals' best starting pitcher. You, you, you see a sweep coming, and then they, they kind of fall flat in the eighth and ninth because things could just kind of don't fall their way. But d- disappointing would definitely be the word I would use for this loss. But like we talked about after the frustrating loss last week, you got to pick yourself up and, and go the next day. Um, and for tonight, 7-15 first pitch, uh, Dakota Hudson gets the ball. Jacob Junis gets the ball for Kansas City. Now he's expected to be um, activated from the injured list today. Make his third start. His, his most recent start was August seventh, so he's also on a, a long. Uh, you know, he's going to have probably be limited to a pitch count in that last start. He gave up five hits, two runs to the 
Bama squad. Shout out to Nash Walker, the lockdown Minnesota Twins. Um, so we'll see how, what, what he does. Only four strikeouts for Junius. Dakota Hudson will probably be extended a little bit, 75, 80, 90 pitchers or so, probably back to, up to a closer to normal workload for the sinker baller. Because um, in two starts, eight and two-thirds innings, uh, he's given up one run. Um, and not a lot of experience for either one of these teams against the other starter. But uh, so we'll see how it goes. It, it, it is what it is in terms of Cardinals won't be going for a sweep. And one thing more that's kind of fresh or disappointing about the loss yesterday was the fact that Chicago also lost yesterday. And that would have been a really great opportunity for St. Louis to uh, make some noise in the standings. Uh, with the Cubs being in first place and Cardinals uh, being in second place, wanting to be in first place. I mean, that's pretty simple. Um, but with, with the loss, uh, Chicago falls to 18 and 11, St. Louis 10 and nine. So they're, they're three games back, half a game back of the wild card. Um, so we'll see how that goes. But one thing that I, I'm happy about tomorrow is Dakota Hudson on the Hill. I think I, I really like Hudson. I think he brings a lot of good things to the table. I like the sinker ball slider combination he has. So I will go ahead and predict a Cardinal win tomorrow. Dakota Hudson will pitch well against Kansas City. Cardinals are able to knock Junis out early and uh, rebound after a, a a mediocre offensive out offensive out excuse me offensive performance last night. I think Cardinals take two out of three against I seventy and head into the double header on tomorrow against Pittsburgh on high note. Um, one quick little note that I would like to mention just so you guys know the Cardinals have the best run differential in the division, plus 14 at the end of play on Tuesday. Um, so that's what you, li- what you like to see. So maybe more wins are coming in the future for the Redbirds. But that is all I got for you guys. My name is Lucas Smith. Follow me on Twitter at LJFastball. Follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals. And be sure to interact with me on Twitter and interact with the show on Twitter. I'm happy to answer any questions you guys have and any um Anything you guys want to see or, excuse me, hear on the show, be sure to tell me that as well. And subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast listening platforms. Rate it as well. So thanks for listening. As always, this is Locked on Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. My name is Lucas Smith. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. Stay well. Have a great day. Thank you.